Okay, so uh, good morning to everyone, and um, uh, let me also on my side welcome you to the 24th uh, Capital Link Invest in Greece Forum. I'm Pavlos Masouros, managing partner of Masouros Attorneys at Law, a law firm based in Athens, Greece, and we're kicking off today uh, with a panel on the Greek economy, the prospects, the sovereign ratings, uh, GDP growth, uh, inflation, which is very um, uh, uh, up in the agenda. So uh, today we have uh, with us uh, the following esteemed panelists. Michael Argirou, who is the chairman of uh, the Council of Economic Advisors of the Hellenic Republic. Uh, Tassos Anastasatos, uh, group chief economist at Eurobank. And uh, last but not least, of course, Thomas Thorgerson, co-head of the Sovereign Ratings with DBRS Morningstar. So I'm going to start right off with, um, with Michael, if you don't mind, um, discussing uh, the, the GDP growth prospects a bit. So the OECD projects growth in Greece uh, moderating from 5.6% in 2022 to 1.6% in 2023, and a likely trend to continue in moderation 2024. So despite the rebound in tourism, continued fiscal support, consumption is projected to slow 2023, aimed, uh, of course, uh, inflation. So the real income that is available to spend will shrink and uncertainty remains. So my question is, as, as chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors to the Hellenic Republic, what are the plausible strategies that the council is at the moment discussing, to the extent, of course, you can disclose, to prevent those numbers from reducing further, any further in 2023, if not to improve? Good morning. Uh, thank you very much, Pavlos, and uh, thank you very much uh, to the organizers of this prestigious event for inviting me, and thanks to all uh, that have joined us uh, such an early, day, an early time of the day. Uh, yes, uh, Pavlos, you see, uh, challenges are unquestionable and they are significant. Of course, we start, as the Prime Minister was telling in his uh, intervention earlier, from a very good point. Over the last three years, uh, we have done much better than ourselves we were expecting to do. So uh, the Prime Minister mentioned a uh, very strong rebound from the pandemic, uh, very good growth numbers, very good developments in the uh, labor market, and a series of uh, structural changes which are uh, already producing fruits, such as, for example, the fact that we have become much more successful in exporting not just services, where traditionally we are very good, such as tourism and uh, shipping, but also goods. So. There is a strong rebound, and at the same time, there is a very uh, significant transformation of the supply side of our economy. And this is where I would start my answer to your question. Um, despite the challenges, if we look at how the Greek economy will do in the foreseeable future, we are looking into cyclical factors, which at the moment are not very favorable because of the international developments. But at the same time, you have the underlying production capacity of the economy, which is improving. So our main advice would be to continue along the path of reform and uh, the path of this structural transformation 
in a number of areas. So uh, we are uh, advising for the business environment to become even more friendly, although we have made great strides in recent years. Greece, uh, ladies and gentlemen, was the country which, according to the Economist Intelligence Unit, has had the biggest uh, gains in terms of being investor-friendly over the last three years. But there is still work to do there, so that's the first thing, uh, to attract capital. On the other hand, we believe that it is very important to continue improving our labor force uh, because what is uh, producing uh, wealth and value added is capital, it is labor, and it is, of course, productivity. So we have in place a very ambitious uh, reform for upskilling and reskilling people and for transforming our universities in order to be even more uh, relevant to the real world. And uh, naturally, uh, we believe that uh, the continuation of the transformation of the civil administration is very important. I will give you here just one number so that you see the kind of progress that has been achieved over the recent years. In 2018, uh, Greek citizens and Greek firms uh, had 9 million digital transactions with the Greek state. This year, that approached to 300 million. So that is indeed a very big transformation. So uh, that is the main approach that we have, continue improving the supply side. When it comes to the cyclical factors, and this is where I will end my first answer, uh, yes, the environment is challenging, but still we are in a good place in order to continue growing in 2023, even from the cyclical side as well. We have a strong carryover effect from the growth of 2021 and 2022. There is, of course, a significant uh, income generation from the continued good labor market, so people continue finding jobs and creating, from that point of view, economic activity. Uh, there is uh, a very significant improvement in our banking system. Our NPL ratio has fallen from 40% three years ago to less than 10%, as we will tell you more about that. So the banks are increasingly financing the real economy, which is good. In Greece, for a significant period of time, the problem was not so much the price of credit, which is the interest rate, it was the availability of credit. So now we are getting there. Uh, there will continue to be targeted fiscal support, uh, but of course without uh, putting our fiscal stability into question, and that will also help people go through this period of uh, turbulence. And uh, finally, one thing that I would like to say is that uh, we will continue improving our economic activity through the deployment of the Recovery and Resilience Fund, about which uh, the alternate minister, Mr. Skilakakis, will talk later on. So we have a good case for the improvement of the structural side of the Greek economy, which I emphasize a lot, as you may know. So, and of course, we have good reasons to believe that in the near term, these defenses against the slowdown uh, will be to our advantage. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. So I understand that we should not be worried so much about the cut in consumer spending because the supply side of the economy um, uh, keeps growing and remains strong. Uh, still, um, let, me, let me just uh, turn to, to Thomas. I would like um, um, his, his, uh, his comment on this because I think that with, with inflation rates rising globally, uh, everyone's worried about consumer spending, and in particular, Greece, which is heavily reliant on tourism, which means it is heavily reliant on the ability of people also outside Greece to spend money in uh, vacation and visiting the country. So I would like your take whether you believe this is a major risk for Greece, 
higher inflation worldwide and whether it will ultimately negatively affect the Greek GDP, which in a percentage of 15% is dependent on tourism. So I would like your take on this, Thomas, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, appreciate the question. I, Greece, um, obviously like a lot of European countries, right now you know, the outlook is not great. Um, just the, the near-term cyclical challenges we do view as, as substantial. And, and that ties into the tourism sector as well. Now, we don't view that as a major vulnerability, and, and certainly from a credit rating perspective, we tend to look through a lot of those cyclical factors and really try to assess the, the fundamentals of the, of the economy. And I will say we, we do see a lot of the reforms that have been put in place, and, and just Greece's overall potential and position as a, in a fairly positive light, um, certainly uh, something that continues to improve. Um, now, is there a risk from a downturn in tourism? Absolutely. Um, you know, that one can't ignore that, that possibility. But when the way we look at um, tourism, we, we kind of include some of the push and pull factors. There's a reasonable expectation, I think, that Greece will remain an attractive location for people to go to, to travel to, um, and potentially to avoid other locations. So you have some, some scope for a geographic shift away from other places that people view as less safe, less secure, to a place where they view it as relatively stable. Um, and, and that tends to create some resilience in the overall numbers of visitors, the spending of those visitors, et cetera. Um, so it, in, in short, there's no uh, reason to be overly worried about the, the, a sudden drop-off in visits and, a, and that having a, a major effect on the Greek economy. Um, are there downside risks? Absolutely, but we don't view that as a, as a, as a huge one. Okay. Thanks, Thomas. I mean, that's uh, it's very interesting that you see uh, Greek economy and especially Greek tourism, which is a major uh, uh, driver in, in GDP growth, being resilient. So Greece will kind of, it will balance off because of geopolitical tension that will benefit Greece. Uh, so that, that's, that's very interesting. So uh, I see a theme, an underlying theme in uh, both your statements, Greece versus others. If we're out outperforming others, if we're equally good to others or worse. So I would like to, to turn now to Tassos. Um, the, the Euro area GDP is projected to contract around 1% in 2023. So that's at the moment the forecast. Uh, because of energy supply disruptions that will further reduce activity, especially Germany is, is going to be affected by this, we read. So would you agree that in, in these circumstances, Greece will indeed outperform other countries in the region and in particular, particularly in Eastern Europe, Central Europe, given it's also its lower dependence on uh, natural gas, which seems to be disproportionately affecting other countries in the area? I think there are good reasons why 
it might actually. Uh, I think we should compare Greece actually to its Eurozone peers. It's a, it, it's a more suitable uh, comparison. So to begin with, with the Eurozone outlook, uh, the bad news is what you just said. More, most likely the Eurozone will be uh, in recession in the first half of uh, 2023. The good news is that most likely this recession is going to prove shallow and short-lived if something uh, very unfavorable doesn't happen uh, regarding Ukraine. Uh, so the question is whether Greece can differentiate itself uh, from what's happened to the rest of the Eurozone uh, and uh, post uh, a positive growth uh, in 2023. I would quote at least four reasons why this might be uh, the case. The first, of, first of all, tourism, uh, Thomas already mentioned that. I wouldn't exclude the possibility of some mild decline next year due to the erosion of the purchasing power of our main source countries. However, it will still be a driver of, uh, of growth. Secondly, RRF, I remind uh, our esteemed guests that uh, Greece is the uh, country benefiting the most of RRF, but not just RRF, uh, the other structural European funds as well. Uh, also counting in EIB funds, uh, MFF 2127, RRF, uh, SURE, uh, and some other funds. We're talking about more than 90 billion of funds uh, entering the Greek economy in the next uh, four to five year period. So to the extent we have a front-loaded and ambitious implementation of the projects and uh, reforms, this is going to be a huge uh, support of, uh, of growth. Uh, the third factor I would quote uh, has to do with the uh, lagged impact, the beneficial impact of uh, structural reforms that were implemented all the, the previous years in Greece as part of the three adjustment programs, the enhanced uh, post-program surveillance regime and the national uh, regime. Michalis talked briefly about that before a while. So all these are going to have now a, 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 a persistent uh, uh, increasing effect on GDP. I think we're already seeing the screenshots of that uh, in, in, in Greece and the fact that uh, Greece is on the radar of international investors is partly due to that. And the fourth factor I would, uh, I would uh, quote has to do with the banking system. The banking system's ability to support the economy with liquidity is much uh, improved in comparison to previous years. Just to quote a few uh, numbers, uh, the, loan to GDP to, uh, the loan to deposit uh, ratio stands a bit above 62%, so a, a stockpile of liquidity to support growth there. MPE ratios uh, have fallen to single-digit figures uh, for all systemic uh, banks, and capital, uh, capital adequacy ratios are, uh, are well above the minimum requirement ratio. So overall, uh, the, uh, the ability to support uh, growth is there uh, on the condition, of course, of uh, uh, good quality of, of demand as well. Thank you. Thank you, Tasso. So um, I think uh, all, all three panelists, you all agree that the forecast is optimistic for Greece for 2023, at least in comparison to other uh, nations in, in the area and especially in, in the Eurozone. Um, and, and I do note that you, um, you all mentioned that the Recovery and Resilience Fund is is supposed to be a great supporter of growth in, uh, in the coming period. And uh, you all noted that the banking system seems to be very supportive and there is a, a greater credit supply than before. So I think that also um, uh, sets, sets the theme for a banking panel that uh, will take place later during the day. Um, let's see, Thomas, how all this translates into the ratings of Greece as an issuer. 
Uh, so uh, you're co-head of Sovereign Ratings, DBRS Morningstar, so you're the specialist here and the expert. So DBRS confirmed that the Hellenic Republic's long-term foreign and local currency issue ratings is at BB high, right? And at the same time, uh, DBRS confirmed that the short-term ratings are at R3. So help us understand this a bit. I mean, um, is this a good grade? I mean, should, should investors be at ease when they put their money in Greece? So obviously a double B high rating is not one that I can call a, a solid credit rating. Um, we, what I would keep in mind is trajectory, right? Just in 2019, we were at double B low. Um, we've actually upgraded Greece two notches with um, after the pandemic hit. Um, and I think that speaks volumes in terms of the impact that we see from policy, from the, the fiscal stance and fiscal discipline of the government, um, and from these, these economic fundamentals that we've described. Um, now, when you look at Greece's performance, um, again, I think the trajectory is, is what's important to keep in mind. Um, the positives that I can point to tie into a lot of the things that have already been mentioned. Um, rising investment, including because of the RRF, um, you know, we're looking at 30 plus billion euros that will flow into Greece because of that, of that uh, investment over the coming years. Um, in addition to that, um, the, the trajectory of the debt, um, again, the, given the growth expectations, which, uh, as I've said, uh, in the near term, we're a little bit worried about the potential op excessive optimism in those projections. Nonetheless, the, the medium-term trajectory looks quite good. Um, and the government's overall fiscal stance is, is a sound one. Um, and... And in addition to that, you also see the interest costs actually coming down in spite of the rising interest rates. And, and part of that is the debt relief extended by the European partners. Um, but Greece's overall debt is quite resilient to an increase in interest rates, in, at least in the near term. So those are all the positives that we, we can emphasize and, and that have supported those recent upgrades and, and the current rating. So the question is, well, why isn't an investment grade? Well, I would just say public debt, uh, bad debt, and external debt, right? I mean, the, it's still the debt hangover that, that ultimately raises concerns and, and worries about the, the future for Greece. And those debt overhangs, well, how do you overcome those? Well, it's a lot of what the government is already doing, right? It's maintaining fiscal discipline, um, on the external side, it's inviting more foreign investment. You want to improve the quality of those external liabilities, right? From a, from a net international investment position perspective, we're looking at what's the quality of the, of the investment coming. Is it debt or is it more equity? And ultimately, as you transform the, that investment into the country, you get, you, 
derive a lot more benefits. Um, and why the RRF, I think, is a, could have a significant impact as well. It's, it's grant funding coming from your Imperium partners. That's going to help support the, the Greek economy. So the, that's where you know, the positives come in. But there are still a lot of risks associated with that debt and, and a need to sustain the policy commitment. And I, I do think this, this current environment globally, we certainly worry a lot about it. Um, there are a number of risks on the horizon. And Greece will not be entirely immune to those risks. So I want to emphasize that. Um, but that just means policies over the next several years will be critically important and how Greece uh, sustains its fiscal commitments and continues to reform, I think the next few years will be critically important. Thank you, Thomas. So we're starting now to focus a bit more on, on, on the weaknesses, let's say, of, of the Greek economy and uh, what, what goes wrong and what could, could be improved. So the debt, uh, the debt Overhang is uh, something that we all need to keep in mind. So let me turn to Michael and discuss another issue that seems to have been identified lately in relation to the Greek economy. So in September 2022, employment reached its highest level in Greece since 2010. Um, but Greece now reports one of the largest increases in labor shortages among EU countries in sectors recovering strongly post-COVID, such as the construction industry. Of course, this is, this is a problem that exists throughout the EU after COVID, so it's, it's not uh, a Greek peculiarity in this respect, but we're championing uh, the problem. So I think this may hinder investment activity and economic growth as well. So I'm, I'm interested in... Uh, listening, what, what measures you think could be suggested in order to fight labor shortages in the Greek market and ensure that this is not going to be uh, sustained any longer as a, as a threat to the prospects of the Greek economy? Thank you. Uh, well, you are right. As in other countries, we do observe some labor shortages. Uh, here there are a number of factors coming into play. On the one hand, you have, if you like, the beneficial, that is probably a side effect of good news, that the economic activity is strengthening, and therefore when you have businesses expanding, they look for labor. So that is, if you like, to some extent, a side effect of a healthy development. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there are some long-running demographics, which at the moment do not play to our advantage. And uh, then, of course, you have uh, a problem of uh, mismatch in the labor market where you have uh, businesses having vacancies open and are looking for people with the right skills which they cannot find. So how to deal with this situation? I think that we have to look both at the supply side of labor and also from the demand side of labor. So what I'm trying to say is that unavoidably in a market a labor market where you have labor shortages, gradually you are going to get uh, increasing wages. And these increasing wages are going basically to reduce those uh, labor shortages. Having said that, um, I think that the competitiveness developments, as we observe them in variables such as the real effective exchange rate, uh, suggest that for the moment there is scope for increasing uh, 
wages in Greece because of the productivity growth, the underlying productivity growth. So I wouldn't be very worried that this is going to reduce the competitiveness of the Greek economy. There is some shortfall between what people get and what they should get according to their uh, productivity growth. That's one thing. Increasing wages will help reduce the shortages. The second thing, of course, is that we have to increase the supply of labor because we have a lot of untapped labor supply in Greece. The participation rate is increasing, but there are perhaps too many people still not looking actively for a job. So from the government, what we are trying to do is that we are trying to pass the message, give incentives, that uh, being employed pays off. So we have reduced uh, the labor wage in Greece. So basically we have reduced the uh, uh, labor income tax. Uh, we have reduced, uh, of course, subject always to fiscal considerations, the um, uh, insurance contributions that they make. And uh, we have observed that this kind of strategy, making uh, work life uh, more rewarding, attracts people. So the reduction in unemployment, and that is very significant, uh, is happening while at the same time you have labor market participation increasing. So already there are more people looking for jobs, and already people are finding jobs. And this is particularly satisfying when it comes to, to women and the youth, to groups that have been very much affected by the previous crisis. And we still have a lot of untapped potential there to attract these people into the labor market. And the third thing that I would like to highlight is that during the crisis years, a lot of very talented, highly educated, and very uh, productive uh, Greeks went abroad, including the United States, of course. So we do have a diaspora uh, which can come back with very good skills and very good uh, uh, contribution to make. And we are giving them tax incentives, so they return, and they have already started returning. And moving forward, uh, we have, and I already mentioned this, a very ambitious upskilling and reskilling um, program in the RRF, which is trying to make uh, a good contribution towards bridging this uh, skills mismatch problem that I mentioned before. So overall, I think that um, you are right in highlighting that there is at the moment in the Greek labor market a dynamic which is uh, partly the result of growth, partly the result of legacy problems. And uh, overall, I think that we have in place the good uh, guiding principles in order to cover that. And we will continue, of course, thinking always uh, ways through which to make this policy mix even more tailored and even more efficient. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. So uh, I, I think also you, you pointed uh, to an issue that um, is, a, is a big problem throughout the grown uh, mature economies of, of the EU demographics. I mean, the, the construction industry um, uh, requires young people, a young labor force, and demographics in Greece doesn't, doesn't help. But I think the, the same issue, uh, there are many economies in, in the EU that are facing the same, the same issue. And economic policy, of course, is not uh, sufficient to address this, this challenge. Uh, but I've made a good note of the fact that you see this as a sign of a healthy economy. So it's the optimistic side of it, that the businesses grow faster than uh, the rate at which uh, labor force finds its way and that there is also a reversal of the brain drain effect which we experienced in the past, uh, the past decade. So tax incentives do work, at least for the time being. Um, 
Still focusing on the, on, on the challenges uh, that the Greek economy is facing at the moment, Tassos, uh, knowing that to build new capital, transform the structure of the economy, you need goods, you need energy, and you need critical raw materials. And, and um, Greece has a deficit in energy and minerals. So um, we do have uh, an energy and commodity crisis globally at the same time. So I was wondering whether the commencement of, 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 of a multi-year investment cycle by Greece is, is a sound idea in this environment. And what could we do to address this deficit? Thanks for the question. I really think that the attraction of, uh, of investment should be the number one priority of the Greek economy in the, in the longer term. And uh, let me spend a couple of minutes trying to explain uh, why. Um, well, to begin with, the Greek GDP uh, remains too reliant on, on consumption. The share of consumption GDP is near 70%, despite declines the previous years, vs. a 52% uh, average uh, uh, in the Eurozone. And due to the disinvestment of the previous years, in the debt crisis years, the capital stock of Greece has, has been reduced by some uh, 94 uh, billion euros. So uh, the, the, the need to, to attract investment is, is really imperative. Let's be clear, there cannot be growth in the long term without investment. Any uh, acceleration uh, in, uh, in uh, GDP growth that is based on consumption is going to be uh, short-lived and is going to create external imbalance as well, as has been the case in the past. We all remember the situation with the current account imbalances before the debt crisis period. So are we making any progress towards these directions? Uh, yes, we are, uh, actually. The situation has been grave in the previous years after the debt crisis. Uh, the uh, the uh, capital stock of Greece uh, was declining up to 2021 because uh, investment was lower uh, than depreciations uh, for all these years, from nine to, to 2009 to 2021, uh, but to, to, uh, this year, 2022, will be the first year after 13 years in which uh, investment will be increased enough in order to counterbalance depreciations, and the capital stock of Greece will start, even for a while, to, to, to increase. So this is the first positive sign. The second positive sign has to do with the composition uh, of investment. Uh, we see that despite uh, the share of investment in GDP remains relatively low in comparison to the Eurozone, despite its increases, the composition of, of investment is, is changing in favor of, uh, of uh, constituents that embody more technology, more knowledge, such as equipment uh, and such as uh, uh, TCI investment. So this is the second, um, the second uh, good sign. Um, the, the, the third thing that I should like to, to mention is FDI. FDI has been a 20-year high in 2021 and still increasing, partly due to the privatization program and partly because, as I said before, Greece is now on the radars of, uh, of international investments. There is a lot of work to be done until we approach uh, the Eurozone uh, average share of uh, capital on, uh, on uh, investment on GDP. Uh, however, the potential is there. Uh, allow me one minute just to uh, mention a study that is going to be published actually tomorrow, co-signed by the uh, uh, CEO of Eurobank, Mr. Karavias, and myself, which proposes five pillars of activity, five clusters of activity, in which there is already manifested 
uh, uh, interest in investment uh, in, in Greece and we think will be the drivers of growth uh, in the years ahead, with the list not being uh, exhaustive, of course. So pillar number one, uh, infrastructure, real estate, and uh, urban regeneration projects. Uh, pillar number two, energy and green transition uh, investment. Uh, pillar uh, number three, investments in communications, informatics, and, uh, and transports. Uh, and pillar number four, tourism, uh, wellness, and, and hotel segments. And pillar number uh, five, uh, selected uh, segments of manufacturing, including food processing, metals, uh, pharmaceuticals, and chemicals, just to name a few. So what the study has done is that it has, accum it has accumulated all the projects that are now either starting or at a mature phase uh, of their uh, planning. Uh, we have identified uh, uh, projects worth 38.7 billion, uh, projects above 50, uh, 50 uh, million each. And we have estimated that upon their completion in a three to five year uh, period, uh, this, uh, these projects uh, can increase Greek GDP under plausible uh, assumptions from a 47 uh, billion uh, in a 10 year period to more than 88 billion in a 20 year period. And more than two, uh, 420,000 people will be uh, uh, employed in, in uh, activities related to these projects. So, to wit, this is to say that the potential is there. Greece is already starting to be uh, on the radar, but we still have a lot of work to do. It will take a multi-year effort uh, for investment to, to, to go where it should be. Thank you, Tassos. That's, uh, that's very interesting, and thank you for giving us a heads up on what the study that will be published tomorrow will include. We're all very much looking forward to uh, reviewing this. So. <clears throat> Uh, Thomas, we just heard there's 38.7 billion projects in the pipeline. Uh, so that is unavoidably going to boost investment, reduce unemployment. So improving the longer term um, economic prospects of, of, uh, of Greece. So if all goes well, do you see sovereign ratings being improved considerably within the next uh, five years? bringing us at par with other Eurozone countries? Or there's just too much uncertainty in order to really predict such a development? So, as, as I've already emphasized, you know, on the one hand, um, we see a lot of positive direction. Um, I already noted we've upgraded the rating two notches within the last, the last few years. Um, so there's certainly the prospect of, of continued upgrades for Greece. Now, it does remain one of our, you know, our weakest rating within the Euro area, um, and therefore, you know, catching up to the rest, um, there's still a considerable distance to be traveled, and, and I'm not sure that that's a five-year five -year exercise. Um, and the real issue, um, I think, Tassos put it well, of, of the quality of the investment um, and, and what that does to sustain growth going forward. Um, you know, Greece has a, a low level of investment historically and an even lower level of, of savings. Um, and that, that ties into that external picture, um, which is why, 
you know, we emphasize the quality of the investment. Not all current account deficits are created equal. <laughs> um, you can have one that is fueled by debt and becomes a serious problem, or you can have one fueled by rising investment, capital goods imports that actually increase the productive capacity of the economy, and that alone will provide a tremendous amount of assurance and, and help sustain Greece going forward. Um, it's, it's a necessity just given the, that low level of savings domestically and the need for increased investment. Um, how that's going to be handled is a, is a critical question. Okay. So th thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Um, Michael, we just heard there's traditionally a low level of savings in the Greek economy, and that worries me that inflation is going to eat a bit more of this already low level of savings. So we do hear that Greece will experience a lower inflation rate than the others, but um, in this environment and with these factors in place, do you think that uh, investors in, in, in investing in Greek securities should remain calm and confident, or there's too much uncertainty? Well, uh, I suppose that the, the audience is uh, coming from the business community to a large extent, and all investments and all entrepreneurial activities involve an element of risk and an element of uncertainty. But I think that right now, Greece, for investment purposes, would be a very well-calculated risk, so to speak. Because if you would allow me, uh, as a general chapeau comment, it is a country that provides the advantages and the growth opportunities of uh, an emerging market with the stability and the predictability of uh, an industrialized European Union member state. So if you like right now at this particular juncture for people who are looking to make money, Greece offers uh, the best of both worlds. Let me very briefly uh, cite five distinct advantages that we think Greece has right now for financial as well as for real investment. The first one is that unlike the relatively recent past, Greece has a pro-business government that has turned around the economy already. We were discussing about this. Over the last three years, we have had very well-known industrial uh, household names investing in Greece, like Microsoft, like Amazon, like uh, uh, many others. So uh, these people are investing with a long-term perspective. They see something. So that's the first one. There is a pro-business government in place, and there is political stability in the country. You can see that the government, despite everything that is happening around us, continues to maintain very strong popular support. So you have the ownership of this reform agenda at the grassroots level. The third thing I would like to say is that, and as Tassos mentioned before, for many years now, for the first time in many years, we have money to invest in the growth of our economy. So it is tremendous to think that the level of funds that will flow into Greece over the next seven years are double in size the Marshall Plan that we received back in the 50s. So this is a tremendous opportunity for Greece. The fourth thing is that, and we should not uh, forget that, uh, we are a country that is part of the euro, although there is inflation now in the euro area. Uh, the euro area uh, has a very credible uh, central bank, so uh, you will be doing business in a low inflation, uh, low currency risk place. And the fifth thing is that we are a very committed Western ally. Uh, investment in Greece is safe 
it does not in any way is subject to uh, the political developments that can uh, be observed in other places where the governance is much more volatile and much uh, less predictable. So for all these reasons, as I said before, we have growth prospects, we are on the right track, and uh, we have the predictability which provides assurance to um, investors, both politically internally, but also externally in terms of our membership in the uh, Western Alliance and the European Union. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Michael. So since we only have like 30 seconds left, let me just um, wrap it up and uh, sort of summarize what has been said. So I think all of the panelists, you're very optimistic about the prospects of Greece. There's a lot of work to be done. You all mentioned that, but it seems we're on the right track. Uh, everyone seems to be uh, counting a lot on the funds that will flow in from the Recovery and Resilience Fund. As Michael just said, this is the equivalent of the Marshall Plan that we had uh, in, the, in the 1950s. Uh, but uh, there are still many weaknesses that have to be addressed, and uh, I also note Thomas's uh, take that it will take more than five years to cover the distance with other well-developed European nations, uh, which we have unfortunately um, been left behind due to the plague, the economic plague we experienced in the past 10 years. So gentlemen, I would like to thank you very much for being with us this morning and these very interesting remarks you made. And thank you all for, uh, for your attention. And I'm looking forward to a very interesting day ahead. So thank you very much.